Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm so glad you guys joined us again today. My name is Pastor Andreas Besson, and um, I'm the lead pastor at Life Church. And today we are continuing on with our series called Dress Code for Life. This is week four. If you missed any of the other weeks, I encourage you to go back and listen to them because each week builds on top of the other one. So we are in week four of the series called Dress Code for Life. The series is really about the armor of God, the armor of God, the armor that God has given us. And last week we spoke about the belt of truth, that life for us as believers are built around the belt of truth. If you are going to operate in the spiritual realm, the number one thing that you have to put on in order to operate in the spiritual realm is the belt of truth. Not your truth, his truth. Truth is God-based knowledge. Truth is more than facts. Truth is God's ways of doing things. Truth is God's thinking, God's perspective. Truth is greater than facts. Facts won't set you free. It's only the truth that sets you free. But only the truth you know can set you free. The truth you don't know can't do anything for you. So we have to to acquire as much truth as possible. See, the the lies, many of us are holding on to lies and we're persuading ourselves that those lies are truth about who we are, but they are not. It's only God's truth that sets us free and that we are supposed to anchor ourselves in. So, the belt of truth. Number one, he says, put on the belt of truth. Then he says, we are to put on or having the breastplate of righteousness. So that's where we are today. In verse four of Ephesians six, it says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So don't just have the breastplate, you must have the breastplate of righteousness in place. So we have, to deter- we, we have determined truth is what we start with. We have to start with God's thinking, God's word. We say the Bible is for us our standard of truth. That's where we go uh, when we hear a word from God. We go to the word to make sure that what we are hearing lines up with what he says in his word. We go to God because it is truth that leads and guides us. So when you want truth, go to God and get his thinking on the matter. He tells us we have to wear the belt of truth and we have to have the breastplate of righteousness in place. Now, a question which many of you might ask is, what is righteousness? Okay, here's the first definition. Righteousness is the standard that God requires for people to become acceptable to him. I'm going to say it again. Righteousness is the standard that God requires for people to become acceptable to him. It's a standard that God holds. 
And that standard that God requires is dependent on truth. So righteousness is really my application of the truth belt in my everyday life if I had to live a perfect life. Righteousness without Jesus, righteousness would be me living a perfect life based on the truth of God, but none of us can live a perfect life on our own. For us, we have the grace to know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not because of our works or our actions, but because we are in Christ Jesus. Now, many times to help people understand something, what I found helps them to get a picture of what something is, is to show them the opposite, the opposing side to it. So the truth is the information, information base that tells us what what are the right things to do? Truth is what? Truth is God's perspective on the situation, which is the right way to do things. So that's truth. The opposite of righteousness, which is God's standard based on truth, is wrongness. Righteousness is also me acting on God's standard based on truth. The opposite to righteousness is wrongness. Wrongness is operating or functioning or thinking in opposition to truth. The truth is what God says about the matter, regardless of what people's opinions are, if people agree or not. Your agreement is not needed for God's truth to be truth. Righteousness, get this, is my response to that truth. It is the application of truth in my life, in the life of a believer, and it is God's standard for relationship. That is righteousness. Now, why is this important for us to, to know what righteousness is? Because we are talking about spiritual warfare in the heavenly places. And it is important because demons function on wrongness. So righteousness is doing things God's way. Demons function on wrongness. Wrongness. The enemy functions on wrongness. Now, wrong isn't just wrong. Oops, I did something wrong. Well, it's wrong. No, wrong is actually demonic invitation. What wrong does is it invites the enemy in and it blocks the move of God that he has supplied for you. Two things happen. Two things happen with unrighteousness. The enemy is invited into your life. Remember, righteousness is acting on truth. Wrongness is not acting on truth. It is opposing that. So the enemy is invited in and God is blocked out. Unrighteousness gives Satan a legal right to interfere in your world. Now, the problem with righteousness is, is that God's standard is perfect. His standard is like up here and we are living by our own efforts, well, down here. Right, by our own efforts, we can't live up to his standard. See, his standard does not just include what you are doing, but it also includes the motivation behind why you are doing it. In fact, you can do the right thing and you can actually contaminate that right thing that you are doing because you've got wrong motivations. 
You do religious things that sound great and they feel right. And you post it on Facebook with pictures and people all comment. You've got hundreds of comments of how amazing it is, this right thing that you are doing. And your pastor didn't even tell you to do it. You just did it yourself. But the problem is the motivation behind it is not right. So it becomes wrongness and pride comes in and selfishness comes in and um, and vanity comes in and arrogance comes in. Why? Because the motivation behind the right action wasn't there. So it becomes wrongness and the enemy comes in and God exits out. But the problem is God's standard is so high, right? And this is the problem for all of us because we could be doing the best we can in our own efforts, but our own efforts are flawed because of the motivations behind them. You can do it because you are supposed to do it, because you can do it because maybe you are scared that if you don't do it, um, there's going to be a consequence if you don't do it. You're going to get hurt. Or you can do it because you think there is a big payout if you do this. If I just do these 10 things, God's going to be required and there's going to be a big payout for me and I'm going to name it and claim it. You can do it, but that's wrong. I'll, I'll never forget this. The motivation of the heart is so key for, for why we do the right thing. I, I've got, I want to say, hundreds of examples in my life. But this one is definitely one that stood out to me um, in, I'll never forget it. It's a lesson my mom taught me in regards to honesty. Um, I was six years old and I was part of the Voortrekkers. Now, the Voortrekkers... Uh, if I have to translate it directly, means the front pullers. But it's better known in English as Boy Scouts. So I was part of the Boy Scouts from six years old, actually five years old, until grade 12. So until I was 18, I was a lifelong Boy Scout um, and went to the meetings and the camps and the survival camps and did everything that Boy Scouts had to do in South Africa, which were pretty extreme. Now, I was about to go to a Boy Scout meeting, six years old, and a, a friend of mine, his mom was going to pick me up outside in front of our house. So I went outside, but before I went outside, I went into the pantry and I stole chocolates. And I stole chocolates and I put it in my pockets and I went outside and now I'm waiting for my friend's mom to show up. And a few minutes of standing outside, my mom opens up the door and she says, Andreas, uh, did you take chocolates out of the pantry? And I go, no. I did not touch the chocolates. It was not me. And my mom says, ah, okay. And she closes the door. I'm thinking I got away with it, right? I got away with it. I'm coast is clear. She, she, she doesn't uh, suspect a thing. A few minutes later, she opens up the door again. She goes, Andreas. I go, yes. She says, um, will you just um, watch out for the police cars and tell them to come into the house when they arrive? I'm going, uh, 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 police cars? Uh, what police cars? She said, no, no um, we have a problem. We have a thief in our house. So I called the police and I asked for the fingerprint department to come over to come take fingerprints in the pantry on the chocolate case to see who was in there because whoever it was stealing in our house, he has to go to prison, to jail. And she closes the door and I'm standing outside and I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, I don't want to go to jail. I'm too young to go to jail. I'm six. So now I'm getting scared because of what's going to happen. So 
go think that I, I better own up to this. Just, mom, please just don't call the police. I go back into the house. I said, mom, uh, please don't call the police. Please tell them that they don't have to come. I don't want to go to, go to jail. It was me. I stole the chocolates. The truth about it was, yes, it was so nice of me to come forward to tell the truth, but I wasn't telling the truth to be truthful. I was telling the truth because I did not want to go to prison. I didn't want to go to prison for stealing chocolate. So my motivation, even though I was doing a good thing by owning up to lying and stealing at the age of six, the motivation wasn't one where the heart's condition is, I, I don't want to, want to live in a relationship where my mom has doubts about being able to trust me. Truth should be something that I long for, not because I'm scared of the consequence of it. See, Jesus said this so many times in the Bible also. He said, you know, do not kill. You say, do not kill. I say to you, even if you hate your brother, you have committed murder in your heart. See, God's standard in grace is higher than what the law dictates. It's not just about doing the right things. It's about the, the motivation of the heart needs to be right also. The heart needs to be right also. But the problem is demons and the enemy, they function on wrongness, not righteousness. They cannot function in righteousness and truth. They can only function in wrongness. See, the spiritual realm, wrong is not just wrong there. Wrong is, is an actual invitation for the enemy to enter into your life and into situations. What wrong does is it invites evil to join your party. If you have trash in your coop, that's bad. Because that makes your chicken coop trashy. Now, most of you have no idea what I was talking about. When I talk about trash in a coop, it's because you don't have a coop. We recently, about well, three years ago, we moved to a hobby farm. And one of the first things I decided to do is, you know, we're going to get our own chickens. We're going to get chickens and we're gonna, it's going to be so easy. And they're going to eat natural and grass and, um, you know, all the, the leftovers from the house. We're going to feed them that. And they're basically going to look after themselves. So we've got a great coop in the backyard. Got about 20 chickens, 20 hens and eight roosters, which was way too many roosters. Don't get that many roosters. They say one rooster for 20 hens. Um, use it, don't use it. Anyway, so started feeding these chickens our leftovers. But one of the mistakes I made was I, I, I was lazy. So I didn't take the bags that I bring the food from the house to the chickens. I didn't take proper care to put them in, in trash cans and cover them and keep them closed up. So I kept on just putting them in the corner of the coop. See, you, you learn things when you have a coop. Because the trash invited rats. And rats, they like to spread rumors. And before you know it, before you know it, like the first time I discovered it, was one night I realized that I left my phone in the chicken coop. So it's dark. Um, I'm walking without shoes over the backyard. I'm just going to go get my phone and know exactly where I put it. I open up the door and I hear... 
I'm thinking, you know, what was that? As I walked into the chicken coop, there was a scatter and a movement and things running over my feet and past my legs. I got krillings from the bottom of my toes to the top of my neck. And as I switched the lights on, there were about 60 rats just eyeballing me, like just staring at me. And I realized a trashy coop becomes a trashy rat infected coop. And they will not only eat the food scraps, but they'll actually eat the good food that is there to produce, but they'll also eat your baby chicks. It's the same for your house. A trashy, messy house invites roaches. It invites them to come in and to hang out. So when the roaches and the rats get a sense that there has been some unaddressed things in the house, there's some unaddressed trash lying somewhere, rumors spread that you are okay with roaches in your house. So you wind up not just dealing with the trash, but you're also dealing with the demonic invitation because of the trash. See, unrighteousness is, is a trashy invitation for the enemy to come in and occupy your life. Remember, righteousness is what? Righteousness is acting on the truth of God. On the truth. Unrighteousness is acting in opposition to the truth that is from God. So unrighteousness is a trashy invitation for the enemy to come in and occupy your life. So this is why it's spiritual warfare. See, the breastplate is tied to spiritual warfare and getting rid of the trash and the roaches and the rats. You want them out of your life. And you have to understand that it is in the spiritual realm where this has to happen. See, so many of us, we just settle for trash management. You know what that is, right? You've experienced it. Someone is coming over for dinner. They're coming over for a quick visit. You didn't have the whole day to prepare the house. So what do you do? You just manage the trash or the clutter or the waste. You manage it. You know, you shouldn't have it. You shouldn't have the trash. And you don't want the rats or the roaches. But because... Uh, people are coming over, you quickly have to manage. You don't want people to see it because when people see it, they talk about it. So we manage it and we, we, we hide it and it becomes hidden trash, trash that is just stowed away in a room for a little while. And then it becomes privacy trash, privacy trash. I need my privacy. Why? Because I've got trash. Because that's where I hide my stuff. Uh, the things that I know that shouldn't be there. So I give it a label. Privacy. Don't you look there because that's my privacy. Don't you dare intrude into my private property. property. Actually, it's called my private trash. See, we dress, we talk, and we walk right. But meanwhile, 
I have a junk pile that I'm just moving around depending on what room of my life you are going into. But I don't deal with the trash. So, if righteousness keeps demons away and allows God to flow in my life based on his truth, but God doesn't lower his standard, how do I get righteousness to operate in my life? How do I get this? God's standard so high. I can't reach it. How do I get God's standard to operate in my life so that I don't have a trashy house? Let's read. He says, have the breastplate of righteousness. Having the breastplate of righteousness all the time. It's not just having it in place all the time. Now, why does he call it a breastplate, a chest protector? Why do you want to protect your chest? Because your chest is where your heart is. Why your heart? Why do you want to protect your heart? Because all of life flows through it. The reason the rest of you work is because you have a heart that is pumping blood. Once the heart stops pumping, the blood stops flowing and you die. The, the job of the heart is to pump blood because your body needs the blood to flow and to work. So the job of the heart is to pump life into the rest of you. Protect your breastplate, protect your heart. Because the job of the heart is to pump life into the rest of you. If the heart is not working right, the blood is not flowing right. And if the blood is not flowing right, the rest of you aren't working right. See, unless the heart is right, the flow to the rest of you will be wrong. The job of the heart and the breastplate around your chest is to pump, to beat life into you to make sure that the heart is right and protected we have to look at what God's word says about it see for every spiritual principle there is a physical counterpart so that we can understand the spiritual principle so so let's get technical for, for those of you like more technical okay let's get technical for just a moment when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, um, you are saved. Today, the greatest miracle, if it happened today, the greatest miracle just took place. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. So at salvation, when you go into Christ, your spirit becomes new. You are a new creation. When you accept Christ, you become a new creation. But, but here's the thing. Only one third of you got saved immediately. And it wasn't your soul. See, you, you have three parts. Every single one of Every person in this world has three parts. We have body, soul, and spirit. On the, on the day you got saved, your spirit became new. One day in the future when you die, your body will be saved. And it says in the second coming that we will receive a new and glorified body. Right now, this is not it yet. Your soul, 
Your soul is who you really are. It is your mind, it is your will, it is your emotions, your conscience, your past, your history, your dreams. It's those things that's going on inside of you. Now, that part of you, this is in the process of becoming saved. It's called sanctification. Sanctification means it is being set apart for God. So, as we are growing in our relationship with God, whom we love and who we love to be close to and we want to do things His way, as we grow in our relationship, we become sanctified. And every aspect of our life of our lives become sanctified, like set apart for God, set apart for God. This is no longer, in the, I'm not doing things the world's way anymore. It's set apart. It's set apart. It's set, eventually my whole life is set apart for, for God, but it is a process called sanctification and it doesn't happen immediately. That's why, please hear me, be patient with your friends. Be patient with your family members. Be patient with your other church members. God is patient with them. He knows the process and the speed that they can walk and work out in their relationship with him. But they are being sanctified. So not everything became brand new. Your spirit became brand new when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Not your soul, your thinking who you are, and not your body. That's why, why you can be saved and have a bad personality. That's why you can be saved and still have an addiction. That's why you can be saved and still get anger rages or still fall into depression, still get mad to a point where you can't control it. That's why you can be saved and still have wrongful desires and lusts. Because your soul, the you, has not yet become fully saved yet. It is in the process of becoming new. Your body... Your body does what your soul, which is in the process of becoming new, tells it to do. Your body responds to what your soul says. Your problem with your body and the things of your body is really not your body. The body is simply the vehicle that the soul directs, like the soul has got the steering wheel for your body. Your mind, your emotions, and your will is behind the steering wheel, and it directs the direction your body is going. The reason the enemy doesn't want you to know this, that what I'm telling you right now, is because he wants you to think that you still have to fix your body. But the problem is not your body. Because the moment you know that I have to fix things in the spiritual realm that will affect my physical life, then you will see victories in your life. But as long as you try to fix your body, it's just going to you're just going to manage it. You're going to manage your mistakes and your failures. See, the problem really is the unsaved soul, the unsaved thinking process. There is absolutely no problem with your spirit. I want to say that again. Please hear me very clear. There is nothing wrong with your spirit. Your spirit is new. It is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the job of the spirit is to release life into the soul, your thinking. As the spirit releases life into the soul, the soul releases life into the body. So the body becomes to live righteously. Because the soul has become righteous because the spirit has delivered righteousness to the soul. Now, when you have on the breastplate of righteousness, you have been given a delivery system that works from the inside 
out. It's not a work-based system. It's not from the outside in. He says we have to start from the inside out. So where do we start? We start with the belt of truth. This is what our spirit can agree with. See, for the spirit to influence the soul, the spirit needs what it can agree with in order to influence the soul. The spirit cannot agree with lies. It can only agree with truth. So when you rehearse the truth over and over again, it's, there's another word for it, it's meditate on it day and night. When you rehearse the truth, it's like it sucks into your spirit the truth. And because your spirit only has capacity for truth, your spirit already has complete righteousness. It becomes, there comes agreement with your spirit and the truth and the spirit influences your soul and your thinking and your soul influences your doing. Righteousness is already in your spirit, but we need it to flow into our soul. And that happens when you meditate on the truth. So now, because you are meditating on the truth, you are going to be transformed. So when you speak truth and you think truth, the body responds to that truth. And then what happens is you start walking differently and you start talking differently and you start living. Why? Because the truth has infiltrated you. The truth is getting into you. That's why it's so good to listen to worship music. Just put it on in the background. It's good to listen to teachings. It's good to read your Bible. It's good to, to join online studies and, and discover the word. Fill yourself up with truth because every truth that you put into you, you are giving the Spirit the opportunity to agree with that truth. And every truth that the Spirit agrees with starts influencing your soul. And then your soul starts driving your body differently. And that is the breastplate of righteousness, which means now I'm going to act right based on God's truth, which means the enemy cannot come into my life because there's no wrongness in it. There's only righteousness in it. James 4, 7 says, submit to the Lord and the devil will flee from you. Not because you're telling him to flee. Flee, devil. I'm telling you to flee. Flee. Devil's not fleeing because you're saying, no matter how you say it. The same as me yelling at rats. They might scatter, but they're not moving. No, I have to get rid of the junk by cleaning out the trash. And how do I get rid of the junk and clean out the trash? By applying the truth. The enemy flees because there is no trash for him to hang around with. So how do we get rid of the trash? Every single one of us, we should do this. He says we have to look into the mirror. And verse 23 says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not just look at it once. Oh yeah, I've read that once. I don't need to know, learn that again. No, he, he who ever looks into the perfect law, the perfect law is God's word, continuously continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed 
in what they do. Now, blessing only comes from God. God only works in righteousness. Grace, the valve of grace is only released with truth. So what do we do? We have to continually rehearse the truth, rehearse the truth, get the truth into our thinking. It might not be what the world is saying. That's another song. I just wrote another song. Get the truth into our thinking. Doesn't matter what the world is saying. Very good. CC. We'll... we'll um, copyright that one also. So we have to rehearse it. We have to get it into our thoughts, get it part of us, and we have to look into the mirror continuously. Now, the purpose of the mirror is for us to identify where we are at. It is impossible for you to know what you look like if you've never seen yourself in a mirror. I can describe to you what you look like, but the reality is the reflection is the truth of what you really look like. You might not like what you see, but that does not matter. When you fix yourself, when you fix your eyes on the truth, the truth becomes a reflection of where you are at in every area of your life. It reflects on your conduct. It reflects on your choices. It reflects on your motivation. It reflects on your willingness. It reflects on your submission. It reflects on your willingness to serve others and love others. It's a reflection on every area of that. Now, as I am reflecting on all these areas of my life, I can start identifying trash that needs to be removed. So I identify the trash, I reflect on the truth, I start applying the truth, and the enemy has to flee. This is for everybody. Nobody is at a place where they no longer have to do this. See, if you accept the truth, you will start changing your actions. And those changes, it's what's going to happen. Is it's like your heart start pumping blood to the rest of you. Starts pumping the life of God to the rest of you. And we all agree that God's standard. God's standard is so high that we can't meet it on our own. But that's why we've got God's incredible spirit that's living inside of us. That equips us. That gives us the motivation. That calls us into righteousness. Now understand this. Righteousness is that standard that pleases God. And you and I. Our righteousness. Our righteousness is dependent on believing his truth. So, we can only act on the truth that we know. We can only be as righteous as the reflections that we've seen. My encouragement to every single one of you and to myself is when he says put on the breastplate of righteousness, having it, not just put it on, having it every day, it means every single day I'm going to evaluate my life based on God's truth, recognize the areas where there is trash. And I'm going to start getting rid of that. See, we are in a spiritual warfare. There's, there's a spiritual warfare for the life that's in you. And the victory comes when there's no more trash for the enemy to hang around with. The breastplate is critical because the breastplate obstructs the enemy functioning in our lives. Put on your breastplate of righteousness. Put it on and start acting in it. Let's pray together. Father God, we want to thank you for your truth.
We want to thank you for all the equipment that you've given us so much insight about. You didn't just say put it on, but you also tell us why we need it. Why we need to wear the breastplate. Because we want to protect the life of God. The life of God in our lives. And we want to transform the areas where the enemy still has access to our lives. We want to transform those areas by getting your truth into it, by acting on those truth, and then the Spirit starts pumping your life through our lives. So God, I pray for every person out there that's listening to this message. I pray that they are challenged to look at, to look at themselves in the mirror, to face the reality of where they are at in relationship with you, and to stir up the boldness and the courage to bring the necessary changes that needs to happen. I pray your blessing over every home and every family. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Hope to see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.